0: What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked.
1: Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 39, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG 1's episode 1 False Step. And you can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. And when you do, be sure to give us the five star ratings and uh, leave a positive review. Uh, if you want to leave a negative review, you can just skip that. Uh, you don't need, just don't even worry about it. Just just go ahead and uh, and your your absence of review will speak volumes to the world that you don't really care for it. So we'll just do it that way. And then uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, there's a little heart button that you can click. And uh, we still, Zach, are getting a lot of people listening to us on Spotify. So I think that that little heart buttony thing might actually be doing something. That uh, is
0: way cool. That yeah, is
1: pretty cool. Uh, and uh, folks, if you're noticing that uh, we're feeling a little or we're sounding a little, uh, a little calm and a little, a little, little gentle, that's because uh, Zach and I are recording. Uh, it's about ten to nine right now uh, on uh, in the evening on Saturday. Uh, a few weeks ago, we recorded at midnight, and we were both slap happy, and so we were <laughs> bound. Around the room. Uh, now we're both showing our age, and we're looking at it, going, "Yeah, I'm gonna need to go to bed soon." So uh, I'm feeling kind of kind of mellow, Zach. And uh,
0: yeah, me too. So, in uh, fact, dear listeners, yeah uh, just just two minutes, less than two minutes before we hit record. I'm like, let's get this thing part, this thing started, so that I can go to bed. I'm literally
1: rubbing my eyes right now. <laughs>
0: So uh, Zach, when somebody wants to uh, let us know just how ancient and
1: old we are,
0: how would they? How would they do that? Well, if you want to uh, prove to us that we are in fact super old, you can get to us uh, digitally by emailing us, which is one of the most ancient digital ways. Of communicating, yeah, this is true. Uh, you know, incidentally, my very first email address I got somewhere in the neighborhood of ninety three. <laughs> uh, wow! So I've I've had an email address for a very long time. No kid. Uh. So anyway, email That's, us at yeah. <laughs> walking through the. St- wow! It really is. L- <laughs> I'm kind of excited to hear you spell this thing out here. Okay. <laughs> Email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W A L K I N G T H R O U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at gmail.com.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is definitely Walking Through the Stargate After Dark, where we take it down a notch. <laughs> nice
0: and mellow. <laughs> which actually is appropriate that we're talking about this episode. Oh, my gosh. Which it really just kind of. Sits there right about Which this just level sits here. There. <laughs> uh, so you mm. know, uh, we did not plan it this way, nope. but it seems to be appropriate this it, way. It sure does. It sure does. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, if you're one of them youngins. One of those middling middlingins, you could uh, Facebook us at walking through the Stargate. We have a Facebook page and a group. You know, this is not for them young whippersnappers out there. This is for them middlings, you know, those yeah. middle-aged people.
1: Yeah, the youngins uh, are you
0: know those who snapchats. you are because you're like TikToks. me. Tiktoks and 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 if if you know what the twitters are, you're a little less young, or a little more young than the Facebookers. Yeah, uh, and and if you're so young that you don't do Twitter or Facebook and do something else. Well then talk to your parents, uh, have them yeah. con- contact us, <laughs> get an adult. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh.
1: I wonder yeah. what a, okay. I, if we did get a Snapchat account, like what would we even do? Whatever. I'm not going to worry about it right now.
0: You, you know, the, the idea of Instagram is something yeah. that has a, a, a a less than moderate appeal but mm-hmm. uh, more than it's a non-zero number <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 2 <laughs> I mean, honestly i would rather do instagram than twitter personally hey, uh, well maybe you should, but maybe we've got, we got people talking out. on twitter so at least a little bit so yeah, uh we true. can't we can't just cut that we'd have to add to it and like oh yeah more
1: yeah exactly
0: uh, just keep adding rest right. to the layer cake so, uh, before we take any more false steps, Brent, should we get this thing started? hey yes, let's do it. <laughs> so, this episode is directed by William Corcoran, uh-huh. and when I googled William Corcoran, the first thing I found was uh, the IMDb... Uh, For William Corcoran, who was born in 1955 in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and he is an actor known for Batman, the 1966 Batman, The Man from Uncle from 1964, and It's a Man's World from 1962, where clearly he Hmm. was playing a child. However, I then realized that that is not, in fact, the William Corcoran Of this episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the William Corcoran of this episode is, in fact, a Canadian film director who has directed tons and tons of stuff, including, Mm -hmm. but not limited to, you guessed it, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. (laughs) Yay! I'm glad to hear
1: Kung Fu is
0: back. Oh, yeah. So he directed the first season episode of Kung Fu, The Legend Legend Continues, uh, entitled Reunion um and oh, so okay. i'm sorry that was the missed, reunion is the name of the episode yeah for kung fu the legend continues um this is his first of only two directing credits for sg1 <laughs> and oh. the other credit is early in season three so it won't oh, be okay. too much longer we'll, we'll hear his name again and we'll then not see. at all
1: yeah okay
0: that okay. said i have something in the back of my head that that kind of makes me think that uh uh, Bill Corcoran here uh, did a lot of other stuff behind the scenes for Stargate, um, but it wasn't directing mm-hmm. or anything like that. So he did a okay. lot of, uh, like, director photography or, or mm. just film stuff and, you know, steady cam, I don't know, yeah. some, some stuff. Sure. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I have for, for Bill Corcoran. Uh, not the one from the 1960s Batman show. Uh-huh. Somebody else. Uh, the teleplay is written by Michael Kaplan and John Sanborn. This is their only SG-1 credit, huh. and I did some poking around, uh, and they I couldn't find a whole lot of information about <laughs> oh, either one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it's there, but nothing terribly exciting to tell you. So that's that's what we got. Yep. Okay. Uh, Michael Kaplan and John Sanborn. Uh, the original air date for One Fall Step was April, April gosh, uh, <laughs> February. February 19, 1999. Yeah. Uh, okay. And on February 19, 1999, the United States was still listening to Angel of Mind by Monica, uh-huh. and the UK was listening to Lenny Kravitz sing Fly Away. Oh, nice. Okay. Good. Yep. Uh, In the box office this week, we uh, start off with Payback, then Message in a Bottle, My Mm -hmm. Favorite Martian, Mm -hmm. October Sky, a new one one. to this one, and Blast from the Past rounds out the top five. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really remember any of those, other than My Favorite Martian.
1: October Sky was okay. I think it had... um, Gillenhall. What's his first name? So, whatever. I don't care.
0: Yeah, it was all right. Jake Gyllenhaal? That's him. Is that right? Yep. yep. That's him. All right. So what was happening at this point in time in the 1999s? Uh, on February 16, a couple days before this, O.J. Simpson uh, had to sell his 1968 Heisman Trophy for mm. $230,000 to help him settle his $33.5 million civil judgment uh, against him for the deaths of his ex-wife and her friend. Mm-hmm. This was that uh, white Bronco thing and the gloves that oh, didn't yeah. quite fit and all of that stuff. So all that stuff. Um, yeah, Which happened February '94, I think.
1: If I remember right. What was that? I think that all what? thing happened in '94, and so this is you know five years yeah. seems like an interminable amount of, amount of time when I was a teenager, but you know now, yeah, now it's like oh yeah, okay, well, yep, short time. So over.
0: Also on the sixteenth, across Europe, Kurdish rebel, reb, rebels, rebels take over embassies and hold hostages. After Turkey arrested one of their leaders, Abdullah Üçalan. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. I can't pronounce that very well, but oh yeah, it's an O with umat Uklan. Sure. Uklan, Uh huh. Okay. Uh, yep. Sure. Uh, on February twentieth. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs play their first NHL home game at Air Canada Uh, Centre. Steve Thomas scores overtime winner in a 3-2 victory over the Montreal Canadiens.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. So So then
0: Toronto's versus the Montreal's. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And then a couple of days after that on February 23, so this is about a week later, after that whole Kurdish thing, the Kurdish rebel leader, Abdullah Öcalan is charged with treason in Ankara, Turkey.
1: Yeah, I bet you that went over well. Yeah. Judging
0: from the previous little note. Yep, yep. So lots of stuff was happening with rebels Mm -hmm. and such. Uh, Okay, I do have a couple of trivia things about this episode. This is uh, Dr. Frazier's second trip through the Stargate. The first time was in the episode Singularity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but however, this is the first time that we get to actually see her go through the gate. Mm-hmm. And okay. she gets that fun line about, uh, no, this is what this is what I, I call, call a this a house call or whatever. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Colonel Jack O'Neill at one point says, what do you think, Daniel? Are they friendly spirits? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, of course, a reference to the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Uh oh! And, uh, you
1: know? Okay. So I didn't. I didn't pick up that reference.
0: I I, I didn't either did. until I read this, and then I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. So there you go, Rocky yeah. and Bullwinkle. What do you think, uh, Rock? I don't know.
1: What do you think, bowwinkle
0: uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know, Rocky. Yeah. All right. So if you <laughs> don't know who Rocky and Bullwinkle are, ask your parents. Ask. Because this is the episode where we show how old we are. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But let's also be honest. If they don't know who Rocky and Bullwinkle are, they might have to ask their grandparents.
0: Oh. Yeah. Snap. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Just saying. In any case. Um, yeah. And do not mistake Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, with Rocky, uh, a.k.a. No. Sylvester Stallone. Yes, no. Very different. Uh, and I have a note here about uh, a story from the Illustrated Companion. Unfortunately, my Illustrated com- Companion is at my place of employment.
1: Oh, well, we're uh, not going to wait to drive over there. Uh, yeah. No,
0: we're not. Um, <laughs> but it was a, the story. Um, they had to find, uh, they had kind of a challenge finding actors to play the aliens because yeah. they were trying to find people who were kind of, Unusual in their body type, um, but who okay. also would be willing to shave their head and, and all of that stuff, and and uh, they were very very concerned that it was going to rain. Um, oh yeah, because of all of that paint that they had on, but it didn't rain, and so they were happy. Unusual body type. I, 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 I'm j- so. So now we've got you know me remembering what i read like a week ago <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just thinking
1: okay yeah I, I don't
0: remember anything particular about the body types i mean uh you know i think they they were find, trying to find people who kind of had that uh that athletic uh, that build lanky or yeah that, that 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 skinny lanky oh, yeah, okay. feel look to them yeah uh while also being uh not terribly tall none of them were terribly tall Mm, right? I guess so, yeah Most of them were significantly shorter than our heroes
1: Yes, this is true And
0: that's actually kind of challenging to find somebody who is really lanky Yeah And not tall That's a good point Alright, I do have a couple of goofs here Okay um, So the, the pod people, um, the aliens, are, are of course wearing a skin-tight bodysuit uh, yes that, that they're using and there are several shots especially early on in the episode where you catch uh the stitching especially like the zippering oh, uh, yeah. seam in the back uh you're like oh yeah clearly they're wearing something there totally obvious i was
1: presuming that uh, folks were not anticipating that these episodes would be consumed in a high definition kind of way
0: well the and- episodes themselves though still aren't any aren't high def
1: no, they aren't. But they were very, you know, they're they're quite crystal clear.
0: No, fair enough.
1: And you know, if if I was watching this in the late '90s with with fairly standard television mush, uh, I might not have noticed it.
0: Yeah. Uh, another apparent goof is Doctor Frazier discovers apparently that the aliens' hearts are located in their abdomens. Um, and this is what it says here. And then when one of them needs uh, resuscitation uh the resuscitation is done on the heart and then i'm sitting here as i was watching this episode thinking about this i'm like did they actually find the heart in the abdomen or did they find that unidentified organ in the abdomen um it was
1: it was pumping and it was highlighted red and they uh believed that they had found the heart but okay. then later they were talking about an unidentified organ and so I presumed that they had found a different organ and was very much aware of the, uh, the chest compression action and saying to myself, but that's not where the heart is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, also, in this episode, at around the 3450 mark, uh, Carter mentions there are long amplitude waves. Now, yeah. judging by what we see on the screen, she's probably talking about long wavelengths, yeah, uh, which also has high amplitude. Yes, uh, but the terms are not interchangeable. Right, the wavelength represents frequency, and the amplitude is the strength of the signal. Uh, in this case, the volume of the sound at a particular wavelength or frequency. Uh, also, consumer grade camcorders do not have a dynamic range larger oh, than that of human also senses. I'm kind
1: of wondering that too. In but.
0: case of sound, in case of sounds that human range humans can hear, uh, it's between tw- 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz and corners don't really go as low as that. Uh, more like 200 hertz. Uh, and definitely not subsonic. Uh, that said it is not possible for the camera to record sub-bass frequencies. So that is,
1: whole piece yeah. in there
0: just doesn't work at all.
1: You know, maybe um, we got military grade camcorders. <laughs> I,
0: I I suppose. I mean, it no no Sorry. to have a re, to have recording equipment that would record uh, subsonic and supersonic sure. sounds uh, for a military organization is not crazy. No. Um, in fact, that would be the type of thing that I wouldn't be surprised is on a UAV. Right. Um, Especially
1: exploring an alien world. Like this, this makes sense.
0: Right. Now to have Jackson with a camcorder (laughs) uh, that can do this strikes me as very unusual. That is a little unusual. Yeah. All right. I would say so. Yep. All right. Shall we get into the synopsis? All right. Here we go. Uh, This synopsis is from the GateWorld website, and Brent has done his uh, due diligence to tweak this and edit it appropriately. Yep. And so here we go. The SGC launches a new UAV probe, a small remote-controlled airplane, to explore the planet PJ2445. The probe can gather data from much further away from the Stargate than is practical for an SG team to explore on foot. But a few minutes after takeoff, the plane does not respond to controls and begins to go down. It crashes into a large plant-like structure, disabling it. A curious alien appears in the camera's view and drags the UAV away. SG-1 visits the planet to recover the probe and try to make contact with the primitive-looking aliens. The UAV crashed 10 miles from the Stargate, leaving the team with a several-hour walk. When they arrive, Carter retrieves a sample of a green, slimy sap that seems to come from the plant. They follow the trail of the dragged UAV and find a small village. The inhabitants appear naked with a decorative white paint that hardens into a second skin. They are hairless, uh, except for eyebrows and eyelashes. Just wanted to point that out there. Again, they, they, not
1: HD. We don't know.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, we, they are hairless and do not speak at all. Instead, the aliens make high-pitched noises for the most basic of communication. The villagers investigate SG-1, and one takes Daniel's knife. Carter moves to retrieve it, and her hand is cut when the villager is startled by Daniel's sneeze. Another of the aliens... Has lubricant from the UAV on his hand. That doesn't happen until later. But, yeah, I was going to say actually. Now that I think about that, but right, uh, because at right. this point in time they haven't found the UAV. Right. SG One becomes painfully aware of all the foreign substances they have introduced to the villagers when one of them doubles over in pain and falls to the ground.
1: Oh, they they kind of skipped. I didn't realize. They're right. You're right. Like uh, the hand cut thing, and then yeah. when the when the first person drops, it's immediately. Up after retrieving the UAV. But, That's true. But stuff had happened in the middle. I don't know if yep. it matters, though.
0: So. No, probably not. There's not probably a whole not. lot that, that happens in this episode. It, <laughs> nope! <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yes. Um, victim, unconscious, the victim of an unknown illness. As O'Neill and his team try to help the villagers comfort the increasing number of sick, Dr. Frazier arrives to assess the situation. She's making a house call. Uh huh. <laughs> Captain Carter returns to Earth with Dr. Fraser, who decides to bring along one of the villagers for further tests. Tilke and O'Neill travel to other villagers to other villages nearby to see if the disease has spread. Daniel remains with the aliens to try and let them know that the team is trying to help. While en route, O'Neill nearly collapses. He is increasingly dizzy and is coming down with a headache. He and Teal'c learn that the disease has affected other villagers and return to Daniel. Meanwhile, Daniel has witnessed one of the small plants in the village grow to over six feet tall, then shrink down again as he approached. He sets up a video camera to monitor the phenomenon. Teal'c travels to the stargate to check in with Earth, while Daniel and Jack remain at the village, though the two of them are growing increasingly agitated with one another and find themselves in a shouting match. After Teal'c returns, Daniel and Jack return to Earth, nearly incapacitated by headaches before entering the gate. They immediately begin to feel better after going through the gate. Mm -hmm. But when viewing a video recording made on the planet, Daniel again becomes agitated. He and Carter determine that there is something on the planet that is adversely affecting all of them. Something the video camera recorded, but could not be seen or heard. Carter runs the video through the base computer system and finds a loud and disturbing noise beyond the human range of hearing. It was present during their entire time on the planet and is being emitted by the plants. When the UAV crashed into one of the plants, the sound changed, causing the sound-sensitive aliens to begin to fall ill and causing severe irritability, headaches, and dizziness in SG-1. It is the sound itself that interfered with the probe's radio control. Dr. Frazier plays the sound from the UAV's original recording before the plant was damaged and the alien at the SGC begins to recover from his illness. Teal'c returns through the Stargate soon after. He had been in great pain on the planet having eventually succumbed to the hidden noise but he also discovered that the plants are all connected. SG-1 returns to the planet with frequency emitters to broadcast the correct sound and the aliens are made well again. The team leaves the machinery on the planet until the plants recover. As they leave, SG-1 watches the villagers emerge from their huts and begin singing. The plants grow tall and begin to blossom. The two species, it appears, live in symbiosis with each other. Talk to plants. Yep. The end. The end. So, Brent. Mm. One false step. Yeah. What'd you think?
1: Uh. I'll tell you the good parts first. Okay. The first good thing that I thought of when I was thinking about this episode was that it only lasted 43 minutes. Okay. (laughs) The second good thing was that uh, my lap was being used by an 18-year-old cat to keep warm, and he stayed on my lap the entire time. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, I think the guest actors did okay i mean they they were they were acting kind of like you know I was about to word use the word esoteric and I think that might still be applicable, but you know they were they were definitely standoffish or not standoffish wrong word hard to comprehend there we go that's better that was kind of yeah. cool and I guess some things were advanced like we were introduced with the concept that humans had likely spread to many worlds where gates were and therefore now that sg1 or the sg teams were visiting they were not constantly sparking like outbreaks every time they go anywhere so right that although
0: i want to say it's like we already knew that the humans on other planets came from earth uh and so now we're making the supposition that since they came from earth that uh our bugs when we out there but that yeah. said that doesn't really make any sense at all mm-hmm. uh, because when <laughs> Europeans came to the Americas yeah. uh, same planet and all of that stuff we nearly annihilated the uh, native populations here on yes. this continent uh, with our diseases uh, and that was just a an ocean away and so, now we're talking about people who, granted, maybe originally started from Earth, and maybe even m- many of them from the same basic geographic region, although that's not true always, uh, to all of these different <laughs> planets. But that was, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, In in theory, and some of them 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that bugs uh, adapt and yes. change and transform. In their new environment, and after 10,000 years, maybe that doesn't pan out. Now, I am also glad that <laughs> that uh, uh, we don't spread our germs in each episode because that would be ridiculously boring to have SG-1 yes. visit all of these planets in hazmat gear all the time because they were all afraid the of the bugs that they could contract or the bugs that they could share.
1: So you're telling me I should just delete that that bullet that that actually wasn't a good thing.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, given the the uh, given the reality that we have seen so far in the show that SG One and other SG teams have gone to many many different planets. And have not on a regular basis just annihilated the planets with our, their own disease or <laughs> mm-hmm. taken other diseases back to Earth to destroy us. Uh, if you take that as a given, then without significant further study, the idea that uh, well maybe it's because we have a common ancestor. Uh, all of the you know we have this human diaspora uh, is what it is. Uh-huh. So. Um, y- it it's it 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 makes a reasonable uh, supposition given the facts that they have in the ground. I have uh, a theory.
1: Shoot. So, th- what if the Stargate technology? What if the Stargate technology that that is being employed is more than just the creation of of stable localized wormholes? What if it's also uh a little like uh, Star Trek transporter technology where it is it is recombining the life form that is arriving on world into an orientation such that it, it will um, which it, it, which will not uh, threaten the world that it's so coming there, to
0: there, it. it it becomes a clean room type of thing.
1: Yes, yes. yeah, every time um, they go through the gate they get reassembled in a way that uh, doesn't introduce uh, a
0: super bug to the local population. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I like that idea. the The problem is that the human body has, oh yeah, uh, millions oh, yeah. of bacteria and things that we live in a symbiotic relationship with. Yeah, yeah they'd uh, all have we to get recombined. Those too. those bugs and whatnot in our digestive systems, for instance, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And while that is all perfectly good for us, and we would in <laughs> fact die if it was removed. Uh, mm-hmm. That stuff could just as easily as, for instance, a common cold virus uh, be deadly to a different ecosystem.
1: <laughs> All right, fine. I guess we're just going to have to sit here and be like, oh, well, it's just going to have to chalk it up to yep. sci-fi magic.
0: Yep, yep. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Okay. Uh, name your sci-fi show. And, oh, yeah, of course. Hey, look at that. It does that star trek does it star wars does it uh babylon 5 yeah uh you know everything uh just kind of hand waves over this and frankly because this is a tv show i'm okay with that me too yeah too um so then
1: um i'll get into the bad stuff okay i'm never gonna get those 43 minutes back those things are gone. Those minutes have, have left me.
0: Yeah. Hey, there's Brent. Phew. Yeah? I've seen this episode five times. Or more.
1: <laughs> Look, dude. There is a point at which you have to recognize that you're just doing that to yourself now. Like. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I'm a completionist, Brent. <sighs> Every know, time I watch I the series, I have to start at the beginning. And I have to watch all of the episodes. Yeah. Even Emancipation. anticipation.
1: So then you have commonly said that you uh, in past watch throughs had uh, burned through several episodes, sometimes at once and, you know, paid attention to to these parts and not necessarily to those parts. And that this project that you and I are doing has uh, allowed you to stop and watch each episode kind of individually uh, for the first time, either in a long time or ever And uh, appreciate it, you know, appreciate it anew. Um, Did you, knowing, knowing, knowing full well (laughs) what this episode held, did you legit, like, give it your undivided attention? Or were you like, all right, I already know that this thing is a snooze fest. (laughs) 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 So I'll just kind of keep an eye on it while doing this other thing over here. Okay.
0: um, I will admit Uh that. okay now there are levels here right Um, you know in in the past when I have you know just plowed through and binged uh, all these episodes you know this would be on and then I would be you know a quarter paying attention to this episode or any other particular episode you know whatever it is uh, while I'm doing something else Mm -hmm. right um And in this project, I am now focusing much more on the episode. That said, uh, also recognizing that, as we've talked about in other episodes uh, and off the air, uh, this has been one of those times when I have been away from home five days a week, 13 hours a day. So when I get home, I am wiped out, uh, just exhausted. Uh, And so... Uh, was it last night? It was yesterday that I watched this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, while it was a very relaxing day overall yesterday, uh, when I got to watch this episode, I did not focus it, on it as, <laughs> as much as I have some of the other episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that said, I did focus on it more, and, um, you know, the acting was really good. The guest actors did a pretty darn good job, and you know, um, I, I have always found this episode to be kind of meh. Oh you know, yeah. it, it, it it's it's just kind of there. Uh, nothing happens in this episode that no. is meaningful for no. uh, the grand story of of this series. Um, uh, the whole idea, uh, the 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 concept of the episode is kind of cool. Uh, we've got this alien culture. One thing that is nice is that we actually do run into a truly alien humanoid culture. Yes. uh, And that's very rare in Stargate. Most of the cultures that we run into are derivations of a human culture. Yeah. Um, So this is a totally alien one. And then to have this alien culture have a symbiotic relationship with a plant life
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: is really cool. Yeah, that, is, that part was know, novel for sure uh, the idea that uh, we could do something to upset that symbiotic relationship was also kind of valuable kind of neat to, to look at um, yeah but yeah
1: it, I mean so right I mean I, I kind of had very similar notes yeah. um, that there's honestly there's very uh, seriously there's very little to say about this episode
0: yeah for real one of the things that i thought was really odd um is like okay so the village is something in the order of 10 miles yes from the stargate so they're talking more yeah uh you know what what did did o'neill say six hours a round Uh, trip yeah round trip six hours uh, so if it's a six-hour round trip, then it's only three hours. Eight, sure. three, you know, ten miles, three hours. Okay, that, that that's. It's fair. Uh, you know, you're you're not. That's dallying. a comfortable pace. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they they jump back and forth from the village to Stargate. Oh, yeah. To the SGC. Uh, you know, uh, e- even when when they go and take the alien back, Teal'c is right there. Um, why is Teal'c there? Teal'c shouldn't be there. Why was uh-huh. he walking three hours yeah. when his purpose was to stay at the village? Yeah, um, yeah, and, I noticed that as well. There, there are several spots where where you know uh, Jackson and and O'Neill head to the gate and. Then you know they're just really loose with that that time frame there, and uh. yeah, it was not that good. I mean,
1: it wasn't terrible, but it just um, wasn't that good.
0: I have to say that that it, it always makes me chuckle seeing um, Jackson in that hut going. Yeah, sure. And, and then seeing uh, them kind of mimic him in various ways. Um, uh, th- that was kind of funny. Uh, you know, I mean, that th- there, there there was... This episode
1: that- was not without moments that, you know, I guess sort of buoyed it along. Um, you know, that, that, like, but there were so few and they were so far between. And the overall arc wasn't annoying, um, and the story was interesting, but it really did feel like what were they trying, it felt like it was a story in search of a prompt question. Were they trying to prompt a conversation about uh about symbiosis that isn't obvious or symbiosis that is complex? Uh, were they trying to prompt a conversation about unintended consequences? Uh, um,
0: if they were, they didn't really give you anything to chew on not really um, one I mean, of the things that, that really bugged me about this episode is uh, the, the headaches um, yeah now, I mean now I get headaches on a fairly frequent basis mm-hmm. uh, I, I have dealt with migraines on occasion um, and I tell you and sounds you know you get that low frequency sound that's in there that would totally get you a headache and really just do a number on your brain, sure. and and on your ears. That that's perfectly fine. But I tell you, if you have a headache like that, just walking out of the room that's causing that sound does not boom instantly make your headache go away. Right. Yeah, then um, that. Uh, you know the, the the magic of walking through the stargate. It's like oh, now all of a sudden my head's better. No, it doesn't work that way. Period. No, no,
1: no. There was, I mean, and you know that it was, it was, it was healing that was moving at the speed of plot. Um, you know, it was, it was yeah. to set up a a situation where we're like, oh, uh, they don't have a, a a malady, or no, they do have a malady. You know, they're, it's not being caused by something that is inside them now. Like, it's not, it's not a disease. It's something about the planet. Uh, asterisk. Uh, if uh, if my idea about Stargate technology is true, that they end up getting reassembled in a way that is uh, most harmless to the planet that they're stepping on, it works both ways. Maybe they're maybe going through the Stargate is the healing process itself. Uh, they really did have a, a cold. They just got reassembled <laughs> with it, without it. <laughs> but uh, that's of course that's we're not going there. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. It was. It was just. It was not surprising to me when you were reading through the uh, the director credits and the teleplay credits that the people that wrote the teleplay, this was their only writing credit for Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you said that you couldn't find much or anything on them, like at all. Uh, yeah,
0: there, there was some things on IMDb yeah. uh, for them, but not a whole lot. And honestly, you know, I also kind of got tired of looking. Yeah, no, it's fine, um,
1: but it, it it certainly in uh, it it insinuates that uh, they weren't very successful at being teleplay writers.
0: So, folks out there, if I in fact am painting who is this? This if I'm painting uh, Michael Kaplan and John Sanborn in a bad light because of all of this, then please tell me and correct me. I'm happy to be sure. corrected, and uh, if we get corrected, then I promise I will make a public correction on the air um, See, there you
1: go talk so about, talk about, so if i'm uh, wrong accountability
0: y- you you let me know and i'll fix it awesome yep
1: but uh, between that and the director having directed two episodes this being the first like it it did feel and uh, you were mentioning that the director had other uh contributions to stargate in more of a technical capacity and as i recall it 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 stands to reason because this thing was really well shot. Yeah. Like this was, it was well done. It was, it, I think that that contributes a little bit to the overall sort of like milk toast quality that I have about this particular episode, because th- you know, there, there were things about it that were good. Um, but they just weren't enough of them and they weren't put together in any meaningful way. It wasn't, it, it wasn't that this episode had several good things stitched together to create something more than the, sum of its parts. Instead, I've got um, great guest actors doing a good job portraying a completely alien civilization. I've got a relatively interesting story that kind of goes off in a predictable way. Resolves in a, it, the, the, the turns out moment wasn't really that amazing. And the resolution of it really, truly felt um, hilariously fast. Uh, I get it. They, they put a big old speaker in the middle of the village and all of a sudden it's all better. But like, seriously, like it's so good that the plant grows back and immediately blossoms. Like that's like corny. Um, Right. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, I I could understand the idea of, Hey, if we start producing the sound, that was the good sound, then that can do a little bit of healing to help things out. And then the symbiosis of these two different species working together can do things to heal each other. Um, but it, it, it was done so quickly and just kind of at the very end. Um,
1: and the, that, that tail end line of Sam Carter talking to her plants, like it, you know what? It felt a little like, what what were some of those character reveals that came about from the first commandment? she was doing she you know it's very early in the first season oh
0: well she was engaged and then yeah she broke it off with that guy yeah. um you know what i am glad to hear you say that about this because for as long as i can remember this episode i've yeah. always thought the i mean the idea of sam carter talking to her plants does not i don't have a problem with that at all Right. But I always just felt that that line that says, oh, uh, yeah, I have a hunch, and my hunch is because I talk to my plants. Right. Uh, I have always felt that that was just a ridiculously stupid line. Yeah, that, it's pretty That dumb. is just placed in there for something. Right. Uh, that I, and, and, you know, my wife does not quite think... Uh, it's as bad as all that. But I am glad Brent, to hear you say you think it's dumb too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean only because like I'm kind of exactly there with you. Like um, don't need to feel bashful about uh, anthropomorphizing your the, 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 the living beings that you care for. Um, that's pretty normal. We anthropomorphize,
0: anthropomorphize our cat all the time. We anthropo we
1: people anthropomorphize our cars. Like um Oh, that's true. Like 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 talking to plants is not bananas. It's like you don't you don't have to be like you, you don't have to set up a gag um based off of the sheepishness of this thing. Like it's not yeah. actually something to be that sheepish over. And it also felt like a really weirdly superfluous detail in sam carter along the same vein of the um engagement information that we got in the first commandment which i don't think has come up ever again
0: no it Um, hasn't
1: and uh i wouldn't be terribly shocked if it never does uh spoiler alert
0: brent we never hear about it again
1: uh uh-huh i figured all right so yeah so then like why why and then you know and then I get on my grandstand about it you know I'm sure that there are people that are probably going to roll their eyes when I say it but it's like why why toss it to the why toss it to the woman of the group why not toss it to Daniel right like well why it would make it sense the,
0: that Daniel wouldn't have a whole lot of plants because of eh, his allergies okay fine yes but, good
1: point um why not why not uh you know why not have it uh uh given to the 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 folksy wisdom of O'Neill that he's starting to develop like you know like Carter Carter thinks of it because she's a scientist, but you know, like um, Jack is firmly establishing himself at least in canon in ways that are a little annoying. But you know, it's still still real that he's a lot smarter than he's letting on. Like maybe he's the one with the hunch, and maybe it's because he's the one who talks to his plants. Like you know, like if you're gonna make a little gag about it, then yeah. why not why not go that direction? But or Teal'c, you know?
0: Yeah, I think. I prefer
1: communicating with my plants by voice.
0: (laughs) You know, that would be funny, I think. Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems with this episode is that it ultimately gets away from what Stargate does. Mm -hmm. Stargate is a show, it's a science fiction show that will dig into uh, legitimate questions of today and offer opportunities to discuss them but uh it does it in a very action adventure way it mm-hmm. it it doesn't do it the way star Star, star trek does it you know star right. trek is is a TV series that that tries to be to be cerebral um uh-huh. right and you know the the bottom line is Stargate is not a cerebral show like Star Trek was mm-hmm uh, do not un- misunderstand my my language there about saying anything negative about either one of those shows. I love them both, uh, but they are trying to do different things, or at least the voice that they are doing is different ways. Yes, and and uh, this is an episode that really kind of tries to be uh, cerebral uh, yeah. in, in a Star Trek like manner. Yeah. And it has never struck me well because it doesn't, it it feels out of sync with uh, what Stargate has already established itself to be.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can see that. So. Yeah. And I think
1: that that kind of resonates with what I was driving at where it's like the episode itself isn't bad. I mean, turns out, I'll give you a tiny spoiler. I do think it's bad. Um but it's not because there's any there's not it's not because any one part of it is bad. It's just these things in this combination with this level of work done into it just doesn't it just it just falls flat.
0: Yeah. There there are um plot holes one of the things I'm noticing as I look at your your comments here on, on mm-hmm. our show notes that you haven't mentioned uh, was the goo right uh, I mean the plant gets hit and there's goo oh okay, yeah that makes sense uh, teal does a digging through and in and, and finds out that all the plants are connected and there's all sorts of goo and it, apparently when he touches the goo uh, yeah. he has a huge impact I mean it's yeah it doesn't uh, it uh, but but that doesn't. None of that seems to make any sense. Uh, it seems to right. be added there for the sake of having been added there.
1: Right, right. Like, why was touching the goo suddenly the thing that makes him susceptible to this? Like, you know, subsonic noise. Like yeah, that doesn't really add up. No. Um, and and so you know, I mean, unless it was, I don't, I don't know if we knew. Yeah, we did, didn't we? By the time he touches the goo, we knew that it was the subsonic frequency was the issue. I think.
0: Um, I think so. It was so. right, it was I, right I think, around there. I think it was right th- after that. I mean, you know, Teal you know, didn't know about it yet.
1: I Right, yes. But I but, wonder if the original story, um, if this was another red herring. I wonder if the original cut had Teal touched the goo before the revelation that it was subsonic sound was doing it. Right, I wonder if it was if it was supposed to be a moment of it's the goo, the goo is the problem, and then uh, we discovered that wasn't it. Um, but
0: well, if that's you know, the maybe, case, then they edited it in such a way that that just didn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it just kind of it just was like, yep, yeah, all right, what okay, he's um, touching goo, and now all of a sudden he can't handle it. Yep, yeah. um, you know, and that and that shot particularly, like it, it really did make it look like he was gonna be like incapacitated, and I was worried a little like I'm sitting there watching everybody go into the gate, the gate room. Like he's yeah. the only member of SG one on planet at that point. Um
0: He's the only one on everyb- the SGC on planet. Uh-huh,
1: that's right. Yeah. And, uh and so everybody at the SGC is chitter chattering about what to do next. And meanwhile, like at least from the way that they presented the shot just before, like Teal, like could be like actively dying right now. Right. Like, yep. like,
0: and, miles and then from the gate. The next scene is, hey look, the gate's open and Tilk's walking through. And Tilk's walking through it. You and know, now like, he feels yeah. better
1: instantly. Yeah. So so he gets laid out by goo and then is able to walk three miles to the gate.
0: Which yeah. I suppose you could say um really um shows the constitution and fortitude of a Jaffa. Yeah. It's no, not I don't buy
1: that. (laughs) But again, this is, this is yet another one of those moments. I think this is, I think this is indicative of a lot of these things. It, in itself, it wasn't bad. Right. uh, That goo was knocking out a Jaffa. That's not a bad nugget. That a Jaffa has the fortitude to stand himself up and walk three miles to a gate while being, um, burdened by that is not a bad little nugget. Um, Putting that information in that spot, in that way, in this story, doesn't do anything. And so, as a result, you're just sitting there confused. Like, well, what was the point of showing us that? Yeah. Like, how how am I supposed to be paying attention to that? Was that something that I was actually supposed to be, like consuming as a piece of the story or was this just stuff this you know and maybe that was and that could be a piece of why i'm not particularly satisfied with this episode in an attempt to be clever of like in in an attempt to create a bit of a murder mystery of like who done it was it the sneeze was it was it the blood was it the was it the uh grease on the, UA, the uva or whatever yeah. it was yeah that's it um you know was it is it really the goo is it you know like in in an effort to be like what is it they kind of ended up creating a story that was just it it wasn't interesting to keep track of all those clues and the clues didn't add up to anything the clues were all of them just misdirections but not even interesting misdirections they were just misdirections and so you go through 40 minutes of a story, and at the end of it, you have 38 minutes of misdirection and two minutes of content, and the content is resolved lickety split. Like, you,
0: know, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds hmm. me of an RPG game. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you get together with going. your friends, on, uh, and, and you're sitting at the table, and you're rolling dice, and the, the game master has a plan. Uh, and he goes uh, or she um, goes in a certain direction and tries to encourage the players to go in that similar direction and inevitably when it's all said and done, you look back and you see a thousand different little bits of storyline and plotline that aren't connected to anything but are still there as part of the story. Why? Because somebody decided to go right when you should have gone left Yes. Or or somebody decided to uh, steal that thing from somebody instead of just buying it, like they ought to have, or whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and, you know, that kind of stuff is forgivable in a live-action game where yes. you have four or five people around the table who are in the moment trying to tell a story together. Uh, but when you have something like this where uh, the, the story is... Thought up and created in a room where everybody can polish that story uh, so that it actually is good at the end and is logically consistent and all of that stuff. Um, I think it, that, I that think kind of loo- those loose ends just don't fly.
1: I think your metaphor works great because as you were saying that, I was also thinking about let's let's recall all those times that somebody who had played an RPG session, a tabletop RPG session, then attempted to tell you about it, even though you weren't there. Oh, yeah. It's a disjointed story that's uninteresting, and you're sitting there going like, uh, great glad you had a good time but like you know like you're saying why not was this actually, fun <laughs> right it doesn't yeah. sound fun at all but when you're at the table of course it's great fun but like I think that you're I think your analogy is really really good like like yeah this was this was a story with a million little disjointed spots that were all nominally tied together solve the mystery of what's the, the being the demise of this strange people but every one piece felt like a side quest like yeah you know and so as a result, or like a tangent, like, you know, it's, it's the player that says, I'm going to go check out the the UVA lubricant. And so you do. And then somebody else goes, I'm going to go check out Daniel Sneeze. And so you do, you know, and like, and it, it, it would be great fun if it were all like everybody at the table doing these types of things and adventuring together. But as, but we're, we're, we're catching the summary of it. We're, we're watching the, the, the the, semi, the summation of it like you know the the the, the totality of the story as a as a method uh, uh, as a as a device a storytelling device that is taking all of these things and relying on us the listener to uh piece it all together and then to to, to come up with some kind of synthesis as to uh, 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 that is goodness beyond the the sum of its parts right i've said the word sum like 3 times in the same sentence, um and it just it just doesn't do it it just flat out doesn't do it.
0: Nope. So that's that's that. That's that. Um. So Brent, do you have anything else to say about one false step?
1: No, I do not.
0: I would say that they made many false steps.
1: I would say so too. Also, talk about an eye roll when they like totally jammed in the title of the of the episode in that little oh, uh, soliloquy yeah. that Daniel had.
0: Okay. Um. He, here's a side note. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here, uh, really quickly. And Brent, this takes a long time, you can, uh, edit this part out and just jump to the good stuff. Do, 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 Oh, that was nice. I appreciate that. That was good. Do, 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 do,
1: do, 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 do,
0: um. Okay, so where is it? Do, do, do. Oh, here, here do, it is. Here it is. Do, okay. Here it is. okay. <laughs> so I'm on IMDb, and these are the plot keywords that uh-huh. <laughs> uh, are used for this episode. Okay. Woman wearing a gas mask. Gas mask. Okay. Oh, Title, spoken by character. Oh boy! Those are the plot keywords for no! one false this, step. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Oh my gosh!
1: So that, that tells you an awful lot right there.
0: <sighs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay, Brent. Woman this wearing is a when... gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> so imagining the woman wearing a gas mask, uh-huh. and imagining just gas masks in general. Gas mask. I ask you Plater. Yeah. One false step. Yeah. How many chevrons out of seven chevrons does it get?
1: Seven is pure delight. Six is a rock solid story with integral parts that one should not miss. Five is a joy, excellent television, good storytelling, fun time all around. Four, solid middling. Not so bad, not so good right bread and butter storytelling three you had some work to do and you didn't do it and I noticed that you didn't do it but there's some (laughs) pieces in here that you you can't get away with not seeing so there we go two why did we make this episode again I'm not exactly sure why we made this episode does do I actually need to see this I don't think you need to see this one emancipation so what do I give (laughs) one false step (laughs) I give it a two out of seven chevrons
0: uh Brent gives it uh, to totally I, I love how you defined a, a, a one in this realm. <laughs> um, and honestly, Brent, as as I uh, think about this episode and everything, uh, I agree with you 100%. this is a two yeah uh, it, it's it's frankly a forgettable episode. Uh, it's not if, if you n- have never seen this episode and never saw this episode, you went from serpent song to whatever's coming right after that, mm-hmm. uh, and you skipped this episode, uh, you would not lose a single thing. You wouldn't lose any character development uh, <laughs> that has any value to anything else. Um, and you would save yourself forty-three minutes of,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. or five times forty-three in your or case, or five
0: times forty-three.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so, if you're a completionist, oh, you don't have to be a completionist with this episode. You can uh, do
1: something else while this episode is playing in the background.
0: Yeah. Okay, it's not terrible. It's no, not, it's not terrible. You know, it, it's not like emancipation. No. Uh, which is just bad, bad, bad all around. It just yeah, the pieces don't add up to make it something better than the sum of its no. parts.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's like a jigsaw puzzle that was taken from six or seven different boxes. And so you, and so you throw them on the table and you're like, see a puzzle, and you're like, no, this actually doesn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> these are just parts.
0: <laughs> well, uh, one false step uh, gets a two for both of us uh brent yes we are going to put this false step in our rear view mirror good and move forward mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. next episode of season two mm-hmm. of stargate sg1 is entitled mm-hmm. show and tell and this is when i ask my good friend mm-hmm. what is show and tell about
1: mm-hmm. show and tell The SG-1 team travels through the gate to find themselves on a strange world run entirely by children. The children walk up to them and they say, Would you like to be my friend? And the team, not wanting to appear rude, agrees. They are then taken to another room where they all are meeting in a big giant play space. And all the kids are showing each other the things that they had brought from home that day. And one child had brought a little teddy bear and another child had brought a toy car. The first child that they met across the gate, however, points to the s g one team and says, I found these people. What? Yes. We're in a diabolical world where the playthings are actually literally owned by the children and now SG-1 finds themselves encaptured. That's not a word. They find themselves captured by the whims of a kindergartner. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1 Show and Tell.
0: There you go. (laughs) Yeah? How'd I do? um I, I will say that uh you were more accurate in describing one false step than you were describing <laughs> show and tell which you actually yeah. got some of the major plot points of one false step in your description last week so oh i guess tutors. i did
1: didn't i uh, oh, they discover a race uh, that communicated entirely in dance. Is what I said, right? Yeah, yeah. which was and, wrong, and, and but
0: right, d- right. But they didn't use the spoken language, right? Um, oh, interesting. And, ah, and uh, Daniel has to try to talk with them, and uh, well, so you know. But that, yeah, that's his role. Yeah,
1: all right. All yeah. right. Let's see if we got any kindergartners in show and tell.
0: All right. So here is show and tell. Next on Stargate
1: SG-1. I did not give the order to open the iris, mister. I did not open it, sir The danger is closer than they know.
0: I'm here to warn you.
1: An invisible threat on the way. It's a kindergartner it Possible. There's a preacher could be. here that we can't perceive So what prepare for an attack by an invisible army if those four v two rebels could level a couple of cities and uh, take a lot of people ahead. with them. Now. hey, it's uh, it's uh, Jacob Jacob. How do we deal with an invisible threat?
0: We need a way to detect them. SG One must play a deadly game yeah, of
1: hide okay. and seek, even though
0: we can't see them. These all right. Are we're
1: spending CLs, the uh, we're God. spending the the budget, the sci-fi or the SG-1. special effects budget.
0: We are spending the special effects budget in this episode.
1: Yep. All right. So we got an invisible enemy that's taking over the base, brought there by a kindergartner, maybe.
0: Maybe. we'll have to wait until next week to find out what exactly all this is about
1: that's right i'm
0: kind of excited about that yeah um so that will be next week's show and tell uh you dear listeners tell us what you think about one false step tell us (laughs) where we got it absolutely wrong if this is your favorite episode and this actually (laughs) works way better than what we said it did Tell us. Let us know. Email us at yep. walkingthroughthestargate at gmail Talk to us on Twitter at stargate walking. Uh, go to Facebook and start a thread about this. Uh, we did have a couple of folks uh, start some threads earlier this week, and alas, uh, nobody responded to them. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, terribly, no. terribly sorry, and I'm really, really bad. It's my fault, and it's not my fault, but it is well, my I don't fault. Know and if it's I'm your a fault. Guy. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, I still love you all. Um, but anyway, if we got this totally wrong, tell us, let us know, try to convince us that our two is way too low and that this should really be a five. Uh, you can try, uh,
1: (laughs) you can try
0: (laughs) or if we got it spot on, you just tell us that too. Uh, whatever it is, we want to hear, uh, what you have to think about one false step.
1: Yeah, we do. Honestly, we do. Yeah. Especially because we think it's garbage. So you can let us know if you think it's garbage too. Just come on over. We'll have a. We'll have a. We'll just all pile garbage on it together and be like, "Look at this garbage."
0: There you go. <laughs> Whatever it takes.
1: Whatever it takes.
0: Yep. <laughs> all right. So uh, are we finished now, Brent? Yeah, let's wrap this up. Okay. So with that, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been walking through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Carter
1: dial it up, get these people home.